Hello and welcome to this podcast mini-series from the Financial Services Council. I'm Sally Lone, the Chief Executive here at the FSC, and in these podcasts we're reflecting on the highlights and talking points from the FSC Life Insurance Summit recently held in Sydney. In this episode, our roving reporter Andy McLean caught up with Carly Vandenacker from Swiss Re to discuss the topical issue of mental health and life insurance. Here's their conversation. Mental health is a topic which has come up again and again during the summit in various guises. Uh, It's obviously a standout issue for the life insurance industry at the moment. What are the sort of the, the primary issues and priorities as you see them? Sure. So, I mean, there's lots of research, there's lots of statistics out there about the prevalence of mental health in our community. And whilst that may not be growing exponentially, I think the number of people, as we heard from from Sally this morning, the number of people claiming has, where mental health is now probably the leading cause of claim for TPD, um, and number three, I think, for income protection. So I think there's a call out from the community that that mental health is a huge issue, um, and are we doing enough about that as an industry? Probably not. I think it's it's no secret that a lot of our products hamstring us a little bit uh, in the way that we deal with mental health or support people uh, who have a mental health issue. I think one of the biggest challenges from a claims context is that we struggle to help people to get the right diagnosis. Uh, accessing the right care in the community is really tough. Uh, and often when they come to claim, they expect that we'll be able to pay for treatment for them or help them to access treatment. and given the way that our products are structured and the legislation that we operate under, the inability to to fund treatment for people is a real barrier. uh, And it means that recovery can be hampered or even just helping that person access the care when they need it. I think that's a real challenge for us. So what do you see as the potential solutions? What can the industry do to address that, do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot lot happening. I think at the moment there's working groups around whether or not we can have the ability to pilot funding treatment for people and whether that makes a big difference. And I think that that has the potential to really shake up the way that we manage claims from an early intervention point of view, giving some services around preventative health and looking at people's well-being and resilience um, and how as policyholders we can actually help them through our insurance provisions to make uh, healthy lifestyle choices and to manage stress in different ways and that's really become important I think during COVID um, with the amount of mental health burden that the economy society has really had to endure and we're not out of that yet and things like job keeper ending now I think there's going to be probably a bigger mental health impact that we're still yet to face into So I think as an industry, we have lots of opportunities. The treatment uh, funding is just one thing. Uh, I think the preventative space is another one. Um, And and there is a lot of work with a lot of our insurers who are thinking about wellbeing initiatives and thinking about how we actually help people keep healthy or stay healthy and make healthy choices, particularly the fact that that mental health is so closely linked to physical health. And so how we have an education campaign around keeping people mentally and physically healthy um, and hopefully not need to claim, but if they do claim, how do we help them 
as early as we can. And I think one of the things I heard today, which I really like the phrase of the marriage between the public and the private sectors um, in terms of social security and benefits, and we do rely very heavily on what comes through the public purse, particularly around mental health funding for treatment. But how do we do that a bit better? I think we have a huge opportunity to collaborate um, between the sectors. So we have the NDIS, we have other compensable schemes like workers' compensation, and we've skirted around the, the outskirts, I think, of talking about mental health issues and how they impact people at claim time and just how moving between the different sectors can actually be more detrimental to them uh, in that claims process. But there is a huge opportunity, I think, to collaborate uh, and to do better for the Australian community. So I think we are in a, in a driving seat for that. We just need to, to make the conversations actually turn into tangible actions. Carly, I'm also interested in this from an employer's perspective. Uh, you know, during during COVID, not just in the life insurance industry, but uh, you know, across the economy, we've seen an increased focus from employers on looking after employee well-being and, and those kinds of things. I just wonder, as a leader in the life insurance industry, what your take might be on the mental resilience of, of employees and, and looking after the welfare of, of the people that work in the industry? Yeah, that's a great question. I think uh, we saw a lot of companies having to mobilise their workforce from home pretty quickly when the lockdowns happened last March. And that took a huge impact for employers to, to be able to do that quickly. But also um, lots of employers responded well in terms of making sure they thought about the well-being of their staff not just physically as well, to make sure their workstations were set up and we weren't going to have ergonomic injuries, but that mental burden, I guess, that social isolation and social distancing have on people. And I think that we can all probably agree that we may have a bit of Zoom fatigue from doing video conferences via the, the computer screen. But um, now having that gradual return to the office for many companies, I think that's been a bit of a godsend in terms of people just rebuilding those friendships and work relationships and a face-to-face -face view but I guess one of the big things that we've always been really passionate about in this sector is the health benefits of good work and that evidence base is from the Faculty of Occupational Environmental Medicine and talks about the role of good work for people's health and there are several domains of what good work entails but that social interaction and being um, present with people who care for you and um, that sense of purpose and contribution is hugely important and I think that's when we are in claim, at claim time, when we think about people returning to work, that we want to make sure they return to good work. Um, and we want to provide that education about the health benefits of being in good work. And that should be part of somebody's recovery plan. So I think when COVID happened and we all went into this lockdown, um, employers embrace that. Um, you can become a signatory to this, this consensus statement and then you can make sure that the things that you do, your employment practices and the way that in employees interact with line managers and all that sort of thing has that ethos of good work and having autonomy, having that sense of belonging, being in a psychologically safe workplace. And lots of those things have come to the forefront, I think, with being isolated um, and now the returns return back to office for many companies I think is going to um, provide that challenge of how to keep that those principles of good work going um, and making sure that people really embrace the fact that they do have the opportunity to reconnect and working for a global uh, company like Swiss Re a lot of our offices around the world are not in the same situation as we are in Australia so we do feel very fortunate that we can see each other face to face um, when many communities and many offices and, and companies around the world are a long way from that and may, may never get back to that. 
And so if you, as you step away from the, the Life Insurance Summit this week, do you feel a, a sense of optimism overall for the industry? I do, yes. And I, I think it was great to hear this morning from, from leaders like Brett Clark around the fact that we have done a lot over the past three to four years. And if you think about the exponential pace of change, I think we have a lot ahead of us and it's not easy but I think everybody recognises the need to change and the need to adapt and the fact that we have quite a stagnant set of products and a whole legacy book of products that need to evolve. The challenge seems huge but the opportunity I think is big and it takes the whole industry to work together and I think we've really recognised that we can't do it in isolation, that there is the need to do it together and yes we have regulation um, and we have a lot more oversight but that had to happen and I think we're now very much focused on the future the sustainable future and, and the long-term view of what life insurance needs to entail uh, from a mental health perspective I think again as Sally pointed out there is that the prevalence of mental health claims is on the rise and we do need to do better for consumers and that really comes down to the products and I think we have a real opportunity now to think about innovating in the, in the product space and how we can make products right for consumers um, and particularly given the fact that mental health is such a complex uh, area to navigate it's usually episodic so that someone might flare up and then they might go have a good patch and flare up again and our products aren't designed for that sort of thing so how do we think about the conditions more holistically and, and support the consumers when they need it lovely Carly thank you so much for your time today no problem it's been great thanks Thanks for listening to this episode in the FSC podcast mini-series. We hope you enjoyed it. To hear from more industry thought leaders and changemakers, check out the other episodes in this series. And to make sure you don't miss any future FSC podcasts, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. While you're there, feel free to leave us a comment and a rating. In the meantime, thanks very much for listening and goodbye for now.